Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. My name's Dota Doherty, and in this podcast series, I will be interviewing investors, advisors, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and recruiters who are based all over the world. And I'm going to be trying to figure out how to set up, scale, and operate a world-class recruitment business. So um, I had a call from Alex Moyle the other day, uh, who we've had on this show. He's, he's a, a recruitment trainer here in the UK. Uh, he said, we have an opening for a speaker. Somebody's just dropped out. Would you jump in and prepare a talk for us? Um, just pick, pick a subject, come along. And I said, okay, all right, why not? Um, so I'm going to give a little talk on applying the four-hour working week principles to agency recruitment. And it's a subject I'll, I'll speak about on here a little bit more often. But basically, it's just how to get more out of your day by using assistance and automation and using new marketing techniques in order to draw people to you as opposed to having to just pound the phone and beg for work and beg people to work you, work with you. Um, but that led me to speaking to uh, Louise Triance who I invited on the podcast because I don't have a clue about events and she runs this for the UK as well as uh, running lots of different uh, marketing programs like the RecTech Showdown on Crowdcast, which uh, I listen to on a weekly basis where you know I, I get updates on all the latest software for recruitment agencies because I'm just into that type of stuff. And uh, so anyway, I had her on the show today. Great, uh, great guest, really knowledgeable. She's been running events in the UK for 20 odd years. And she was really able to kind of jump into giving me the highlights of, of the RecTech showdown, what she thinks the future of agency recruitment looks like, you know, with the new technologies such as AI and voice and how we can implement that to make lots more money. She's really excited about the future. She doesn't think we're going to get replaced. She just thinks that it's going to get rid of all the rubbish recruiters, which is great, right? We're all happy about that. And so, so we had a great chat about that. And I asked her a few questions about like, if you're, if you, why should you go to events? If you're there, how do you, how do you kind of go about getting value out of it? If you're, why should people be a speaker at an event? What type of stuff should you prepare beforehand? How should you do it afterwards? And yeah, just just it's a world I don't really know. You know, I uh, I live an hour and a half from London, so I don't really get in much. So I'm looking forward to going and speaking at the event on the 26th of September. And yeah, just uh, doing something a little new and getting to meet some more people in the industry and hopefully getting to line up a few more interesting guests for the podcast. Anyway, over to Louise. Good morning, Louise. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you very much. How are you? Yeah, I am not bad at all. How do I pronounce your surname? Uh, Triance. Triance. Okay, glad. Great. Okay, I will not even try and ask you how to pronounce my first name. 
it's a challenge, isn't it? I, I, I have to say, I personally don't mind if people mispronounce my name or even actually get my first name wrong. But I know that for others, it's um, obviously a really important thing to them. So I do try to make an effort myself. Um, so thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come on the podcast. Um, we're, we'll jump into your background in a second. And I suppose just to set the scene, um, I, I've asked you to come on here because you're basically the events person for recruitment in the UK. And... And I want to kind of deep dive into everything to do with that and how it can improve recruitment businesses if they do take part in that. But I suppose before we jump into all of that, how did how did you get into our weird and wonderful world of recruitment? Um, so I, uh, 25 years ago, I started working for recruitment consultants um, and um, I joined as an admin person and ended up doing every single job in that business um, and as a consultant um, and they did do contingency work but their precious area was exec search. So that's where I got my recruiting experience. Um, then after that, I decided to be a recruiter anymore. I have to say... I, I love having conversations with um, candidates sourcing stage, but the sales bit just wasn't for me. Um, so I decided to um, get involved in, in more of a community way. So we started doing training on how to use the internet. That was 18 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, and since then, I've built up a community site of recruiters. So bringing people together, you mentioned events, but through events, through content, um, through social media. What were those early days like trying to educate people on the about the internet? Were, were recruitment firms resistant on it? It was it was very amusing. Um, some some were really resistant. Um, there's a very very large search firm um, in the top five search firms who said they would never ever use the internet um, for anything, um, not just for hunting. Um, but but loads of them could really see the potential. It was just very challenging, I guess. As a, getting your head around it conceptually in the early days. So you had to learn what the internet was before you could use it. Um, so I'm old school. And, I, you know, and is this in the 90s, the late 90s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It literally was right at the start of, you know, I had an AOL account um, when I worked for a recruitment company. Mm. Um, and um, there was one computer with the internet on it. At one, um, and we would all take it in turn. To log on and see whether there were any email applications from these new things called job boards. Um, I mean, I was advertising in the Sunday Times, so that's on Grocer Magazine and places like that in the actual print publication when I started. Um, it, it, so, what was it in you that that saw this? That saw that maybe the internet was going to change everything. Was there somebody around you? Was it some? Like what, 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 what in your background can it give you the foresight to go? Okay, I'm going to jump into this now. This is going. To, I'm going to be this person. It was just luck, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like falling into recruitment. So um, it was actually my dad was doing training. So my dad had worked for a large um, tech company, and he branched off and started doing training for business people using the internet. So very lazily, I just said, oh, do you know what? Let's just do a bit of recruitment as well. Uh, so then there was no foresight in that. 
Having said that, subsequently, I have made an enormous effort to be closer to the forefront of this learning curve around technology. Um, and so Same. I have made a proper effort to be one of the early bloggers, one of the early adapters of, you know, different technologies that are relevant in the space. And and Louise, when I when we look back at those early days of advising recruitment companies about the internet, what 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 type of things were you saying to them? Like what 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 were you envisaging a world where everything would move online? Um, oh, do you know I should have got out an old training course to um, have a, a glance through. But um, oh, it was so so basic. One of the first things which really excited recruiters was the movement of a, a staffing directory from paper to being online. So it was really quite basic stuff like, um, you know, if you, were, if you were recruiting lawyers, then you could find um, a directory which would traditionally have been a print directory of all the lawyers in Europe online. And then you could go through and you could find their contact details. Um, so it was stuff like that. And um, using online forums. So that hasn't changed Particularly, it's just that the actual forums have advanced. So, you know, you would use user groups um, to get developers. Now, that, that's actually obviously still used an awful lot now. Um, but things like LinkedIn to communicate with, really, we weren't, we weren't covering in any detail in the early days. And um, obviously, the, 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 the mobile smartphone, smartphone apps, none of that existed. So, you know, I, if we were doing training now, it would be around using some of those apps to communicate, which we won't cover. You were an early doctor of social selling. Um, I did a postgrad in marketing around uh, 2008, 2009, and we weren't really taught any of that. How, how, how quickly did you adopt uh, blogging and things like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was very, very early days for blogging. So I've been blogging for, I think, probably 12 years now. Um, and we, we, we started doing these blog awards um, 10 years ago. Um, and people just weren't. So, you know, I, I could count the number of people at a blog who had their own blogs on two hands um, and so we, what we were looking at was we were talking about these blog awards as a way to encourage other people to blog um, and, but now content is just it um, and that, I guess that's one of the things that, that we see with you doing these podcasts is that um, what we're doing is we're creating content we're creating marketing content and, and blogging was a mechanism for that in the same way that LinkedIn updates are so you can write LinkedIn articles you can write LinkedIn updates their content same with twitter and really early days on twitter it was just the most lovely conversations that people were having and it was accidental thing so um you know you do be building relationships through genuine conversations rather than saying look at my adverts um, and blogging was the same it was a it was the start of a conversation uh, you've uh, from the early days of blogging we then you've kind of gone into doing a lot more video 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 mm. casts and that uh, wh when did that evolution take place and 
what does your week look like from a content creation perspective? Because it must be it must be quite busy between uh, events, uh, tech casts, being a po- like coming on to podcasts, writing articles. Like, wh- how do, how do you, how do you structure your own your own working life? Really badly. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I would I would probably typically write a blog about how to structure your social. Um, and I would give advice on what to do. And that advice would be, um, you know, stuff around thinking about themes going forward. Um, so obviously, obviously planning out those themes, thinking about partnerships and people you can involve in content. So actually structuring something and then spending only a certain amount of time on each. So, you know, in an ideal world, if you're going to publish three blogs a week, you'd write them all in one go. Um, if you're going to do a podcast or a live cast, I do then obviously you'd you'd um, work on that all in one go and you'd work out who you're going to have on that and then you do the marketing for it and the design and all the rest of it um, and then push that out and then the other bit of advice I'd always give would be to make use of every content across every single channel so one piece of content should be going out for your social channels in a lot of different ways and you would use a um, I don't know, Hootsuite type thing platform to, to do that um, I don't do any of that myself because I am just um, always so full on. I guess that after 20 years, it works for me. Um, I wouldn't recommend anyone replicate how I do it. So at the same time, I will be working on, I'm working on three events at the same time now, two different types of live cast shows um, and blogs. Also, I'm going to start at the, the Blog Awards um, nomination process will start up soon so i'm a terrible example of of how to structure that content marketing piece um i think that in a recruitment business as a recruiter you do need to have that better organized because amongst all of that you're doing actual recruiting activity yeah i think that's going to be a real a real challenge for people how to how to manage to fit in content creation into their day on a daily basis and to obviously distribute that in the right way while still still managing to hit the phones, meet people yes. and do all of that. And what excites you about what's coming next for talent and recruitment in general from all these amazing uh, uh, video, video, video interviews that you've been uh, creating? What do you call that, by the way? The... Uh- Rec Tech Showdowns. The Rec Tech Showdowns. Could could you give us a little insight into that and, you know, maybe some of the interesting themes that's come out of it? Yeah. What's What's been really, this is a terrible admission to make, but what's been really good about this is that lots of these providers are people who I've known for years and I've never had a conversation with about their product. So, um you know, we did in in series one, which was specifically for our technology, physical technology event. I interviewed nineteen providers, um, and there were companies in there who I'm speaking to since the beginning. So Bond and uh, Bullhorn and eRecruit. So from there, either their inception or my inception, I had no real idea of what their sweet spot was for, for recruiters or exactly the um, ways in which they could help those businesses. Yeah, you know, great, um, but I didn't know the intricacies. And that's what's been really useful mm. for me, to find out a bit more about those businesses. I guess I don't need to know it. I just need to know who the recruiters love and the way they interact with them. But that's been really valuable. 
this new series, there are companies in this series who I don't know at all. Um, so yesterday I did um, one with a company who's been around for as long as I have, ETZ Payment, who I always thought did the back office payment stuff. But they've got some big plans. Um, and so, so that's made it really interesting for me. And then there's some social ones. So next week will be a really cool show because it's Kenny Robinson, um, ex Broadbean, talking about his new product, which is a social media content app. I think that there's going to be some really exciting series. Um, and then obviously, as, as a content producer, we'll do the show, I'll blog about it, I'll share it, I'll talk about it online. It, it, it's an area that's really, really got me, can, can got the juices flowing for me. Um, and when I look at my own business as a actor, I see so many holes in it that I'm, I'm probably not using my data right. I'm not, I'm, I'm, and I've had, I've had some really interesting guests that that uh, that you've had on as well, and 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 they've discussed that in in depth. So I'm really going to try and implement one or two of the new techs over the next year. I hope I uh, hope I can get uh, get some get some value out of it. it Sometimes what what I like about what you're doing is that there's so much information out there that it's really hard for somebody to grab the specific one that suits them. Yeah. So that's it. It's a challenge, isn't it? I think yeah. that is problem. And even when I do shows like this, you know, you still have to listen to the show. There isn't, I mean, there isn't a magic answer where, uh, you know, you can just import the stuff which is really relevant to you. you there is an investigation process involved in that. Um, and that is really quite time consuming. And that is that probably is what stops lots of recruiters um, taking a, a step over the threshold is that, you know, actually there's a, you know, a lot of different offerings to explore. And with the whole AI machine learning thing, you know there's something else around the corner which is going to start having an impact. Um, and I guess, I guess that, that creates a certain amount of conversation. Yeah, that whole area fascinates me. And I, I, it, uh, I, had a, I had a call from Alex Moyle the other day. Mm-hmm. And this is how this came. This conversation's come yeah. around, and he he said, "Hey, hey, we've had a dropout uh, for for an event in London. Would you like to come to speak?" So you could speak about because I had Alex on here, and we had a great discussion. And I said, "Oh, I'll do the four-hour work week. Apply to agency mm-hmm. recruitment." And and he goes, "Oh, how can you do that?" So we we discussed it. But the way I the way I see that, and I see the future of agency recruitment, I think that. The things that are going to be important are creating content and having your day freed up to be able to speak and influence our candidates and clients and build our relationships that way and having all our administration outsourced. And, and right now, I, I have 95% of my administration outsourced to my, my assistants. I think that that will, a large part of what their next development is, is to create their own content and create their own brand so then they can run the tools that that can, that that uh, that run all this for them and then machine learning comes in where it it has a script on learning exactly what that process is and how to improve it and how to suggest little changes and tweaks and all the rest so we can improve every little step along the way and what's what's your th- visions on the future do you think we're going to get replaced by technology 
Only, only the rubbish ones of us. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that if you are a really, really weak recruiter um, uh, who has no strong skills around relationship building, then I think you ought to be concerned. Um, I think that if you are a great communicator who understands um, a need from both the client and the candidate perspective and can really match that, then I think that you you ought to be embracing this because it'll just mean you can make a hell of a lot more placements. When I started in recruitment and I wanted to interview, I, I did a massive campaign for the credential for some sales rep people. I interviewed um, at Sutton Scotney Services on five for three weeks. Every day I interviewed 14 people. Well, someone had to phone up all those people to make those appointments and then rearrange them, send them something in the post. The admin job on that was hideous. Now, that would not be the process that we would go through. I wouldn't have to sit in this awful service station interviewing back to back. We would be doing this um, via interviewing. The, the, you know, the admin part of that can be um, automated. Um, so that would leave me more time to actually get to know these people and see whether they would be good for this role. So why would that not be a great thing? I know, I'm really excited by being able to reach more people and have more time to directly work and build relationships with people. It it just, it just makes sense. I hate administration and rubbish at it. So um, more power to the, more power to, to technology that's coming. Uh, uh, Do you, uh, do you think that, uh, do you think that voice will have a big, uh, a big, a big impact? Yeah, one of the other events I'm organising at the moment is a job board summit um, and um, we've got um, Broadbean's developer who developed the Alexa, um, it's not a skill, they're not called apps are they, a skill for Alexa for voice search, he's just going to come along and talk about it. Um, what, what's kind of interesting about it is that you don't actually really need to even talk about it, you can explain the concept in, in 30 seconds, you know, a, a, a job seeker is making their morning cup of coffee and they say to um, their Alexa what jobs are there and Alexa will reel off jobs that match that job seeker's um, basic criteria and the job seeker will say send my CV to the first two. Mm. Yeah, that that's that is what is going to be happening. I mean, there's loads there's loads of issues around that around you know spammy job job application and the level of detail that you can give in, in voice. But that's basically what it, what it is, and that's how it's going to work. Yeah, and let me reverse that. Um, so the recruiter is, 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 having, is having his third morning coffee, <laughs> has, has, a ton of, has a ton of stuff in front of them. Um, he says, hey, Alexa, and, 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 and let me be the recruiter here. Um, I've got, uh, I've got eight, eight, eight open recs. For, for IT recruiters from the UK who want to go to New York right now. And I need you to go into my 30,000 connections, the same with Charlotte and the same with the two assistants. And then what I need you to do is go into and, and message these people within these parameters and create a message that will most likely get a response from them um, and then coordinate that with my diary to try and schedule a call um, as soon as soon as possible and once we get that call and we get it all in then i'd say hey alexis what i need you to do is 
you should send a, send this guy to this company, this to this, this to this, this to this. Make sure that all the candidates are prepared. They have all the podcasts that we've done with all the clients. We've done all of this. And then I need you to coordinate some of the interviews that will happen and make sure that I'll be involved in, in the feedback process at along along the along the value chain to make sure to make sure that everything's on track and we're adding value and that's a really exciting place where we could be yeah yeah, that's right and 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 what is there not to be excited about there you know it sounds quite appealing that you could literally sit with your feet up on your desk issuing commands to your robot uh, whilst drinking coffee but but i think in order to get to that ivory tower, we need to really, really work hard to become the authority in our space for what we do and for people to know that. So we have trust before that's happening because yeah. everybody else, because when everybody's doing that, it's going to be hard for your message to stand out, right? Yeah, well, in, in 10 years time, it, it will be, yeah, it will be the norm. Um, and, and then you still have to be a great recruiter, which you had to be a great recruiter 20 years ago. And there were rubbish recruiters 20 years ago and there'll be recruiters in 20 years' time. Um, it, it, you know, you, you still have to care and want to be the best and they're the people who will um, hope to rise to the top. And, and Louise, it kind of brings me on to um, the, the, the event stuff. Um, when did you start hosting events? And what advice, say I'm somebody who's going to speak at an event for the first time, which I am, <laughs> what, 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 what advice would you, would you have for, for, for me in, in terms of maybe preparation or when I'm there in terms of networking or like, what have you seen where you go, oh, that really worked and this person got a lot of value from that? So I guess there's, there's, there's three sides to events. There's the, the value in organising them. There's the value in intend, attending as a delegate. And then there's the value in speaking. Um, and I think that recruiters can get value from all three angles there. Um, I think as a speaker, you there's a number of reasons that we speak at events. Um, one is it's because it's on the, the pathway to something else. So I think that recruiters should always consider um, whether they are going to be able to raise their profile through being seen as a speaker. And, and I think generally speaking, the answer is yes. I think that being able to um, put on your LinkedIn profile some examples of speaking gigs that you've done with the content there is really, really useful. Um, and, and so that is the, the path you're taking then you're looking to identify opportunities which will introduce you to that so you know you want to start with ones where you get a really positive response don't put yourself in at the deep end and that type of person um, make sure the audience is aligned with what you're going to be talking about uh, and then obviously do all the preparation so that what you deliver not only uh, pleases that audience but when you uh, can showcase it later it would have value for people afterwards. Well, great. Um, so, so, Louise, tell me, what, what events have you got coming up in the UK and how can people reach out to you? Okay, so the, the, the event that you're very, very kindly speaking at is a new one that we're running. It's only our second one this year um, and it's called Inspire Recruitment. Um, and it's 12 speakers all doing five minutes. It's fast paced it's fun but it's a learning experience so honestly everyone can 
come to this event as long as you've got something to do recruitment you'd be welcome to attend um and you'd find that on the uk recruiter website um the other events i'm working on like the one for job boards but the other one is the end of the year conference so that's a really really cool event we run in a nightclub during the day in central london that's in november um that one is um more formal presentations but from a recruiter perspective looking to attend it's learning and it's networking and then there's a ton of beers afterwards okay louise thank you so much for coming on the show it's been uh, it's been really great getting to know you a bit better i look forward to meeting you on the 26th of september take care see you soon cheers bye-bye Well, a massive thank you to Louise for coming on the podcast. And I'm excited to put together a quick five-minute rundown of how you apply the four-hour working week to agency recruitment. Um, it's a subject I will be going into more on in this, uh, in this podcast series. And look, it doesn't mean just working four hours a day. What it means is itemizing all the tasks and recording what you've done for a week and then breaking that into tasks and then creating instruction manuals of how to do that and working out which out of them do not, do not affect your influence on either candidates or clients. So when you look back, you could say, okay, I speak to clients, I speak to candidates and I, and, and I get my assistance or my, my automation tools to do the coordination in between. I create content, but the delivery of that content, should I be doing that? The distribution of it, should I be doing that? I don't know. Um, so whatever works for you, but essentially that's the whole premise behind it. It should allow you to have your whole day free to just do the high-end touch points because I think in the future, all the administration is going to go and... As I discussed with Louise, I think voice is going to have a major part in it. AI will have a major part in it. But the human side of being able to connect with somebody and influence them in a way that best suits them and the person on the other side, whether that's the client or the candidate, is, is really where it's at. And if you want to get them to you, then you need to create content be able to do that so structuring your week in a way that does those things makes logical sense to me maybe you don't agree with me i don't know it's uh it's it's what i believe anyway and hopefully i can smash it out and just break it down a little bit and uh and uh we will see it's uh it's on the 26th of september in uh in london and i'm just looking forward to getting out of West Sussex, getting into the big smoke for a day, talking recruitment with people, feeling like, you know, feeling that city buzz again. I really miss that. I feel like I'm getting isolated a little bit here in the countryside. And, uh, and, and you know, the, uh, running a good wee recruitment business and, and this podcast is keeping me going, but there's nothing like, you know, getting, getting out there and getting to meet people in our industry and, uh, and making things happen. So I hope you all had a great week. And we will be back next week with another guest. I think I'll have quite a high-profile one on, which I'm excited about. 
and uh, and yeah good luck god bless and thank you for all the support for the podcast and to the guy who owns a recruitment farm who reached out to me yesterday and said Dota, we actually used one of your episodes as an induction uh, to our new recruits for our, uh, f- for when you spoke to Rich Rose in the Million Dollar Biller about how he runs his desk and how he's become so successful. So that that's really that's really cool for me to think that something I've said here or, or, or elicited from somebody else has helped a business owner inspire some young people to go and make make it in our industry and uh and yeah and got a real buzz from that so thanks for the call and for everybody else who's messaged me uh about about the podcast and how it's helping them you know just give me a suggestion of of, of which area you'd like me to focus on and i'm happy to find the right person bring them on and uh and get the information out of them because i want to learn as well all right till next time